You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan can want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Episode 2, Fourth Down in the Steel City. I'm Adam Crowley. He's Colin Dunlap. We hang out every morning on the Fan Morning Show. We hang out with you every Monday and Friday on 4th Down in the Steel City. First podcast, Colin. I think won some awards, uh, critically acclaimed. People were pretty fired up about it. Yeah, really crazy stuff. Uh, I've been fan mail, autographs, all the, all the such. So I think that it works. Uh, it's uh, onward and upward from here, which is going to be tough considering how great the first one was. On a scale of one to full-blown erection, how fired up are you for Steelers training camp? Because I'm not going to lie. Usually I'm like, son of a gun, it's the end of summer. This year, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, quarterback battle. I'm not full Chubb, but I'm I'm almost there. I'm like Nick Chubb. Yeah, I'm there. You know why? Because we haven't seen this in so very long. You know, it hasn't been something to where we've seen a quarterback battle. We knew who the quarterback was going to be all the time walking in the door. And it was Ben Roethlisberger. And I was thinking about this, too. You know, as I'm, we're getting ready for this podcast, uh, you know, I'm 46 years old. What are you, 10 years younger, 12 years 31. younger than me? Yeah, you're, you're 15 years younger than me. Even you, in, a, in large part, haven't known a quarterback battle all that much. But there are kids in high school. There are kids around that age. There are college kids who I think, you know, their whole life they've only known Ben Roethlisberger. This, no matter what your age range is, no matter what you, uh, you know, how you're into this, this excites you because it falls in different sort of a different timeline for you. Like, I remember when Ben wasn't the quarterback, but then I'm thinking, like, imagine if you're if you're 17 year old kid, this is the first time Ben won't be the quarterback. That's wild as hell to me. And for Ben Roethlisberger's former coach, Mike Tomlin, it's the first time that he will go through anything like this. You brought it up on the Fan Morning Show. I thought it was a really interesting point. I'm a big Mike Tomlin believer. I think he's a hell of a coach. I wouldn't run him out of town. Some people in Pittsburgh disagree. Whatever, fine. He's never gone through this. I have faith that he has a plan. I don't know that I necessarily have faith that the plan is going to be the right one. What say you? I have faith that Mike Tomlin has a plan. I just wonder if he's like my 11-year-old twins and if that plan needs to redirect or if the first plan of action doesn't work, what his backup plan is. Or if it doesn't go as planned because he's never been through a quarterback situation to start a season, then what happens? That, to me, is the story. That's the issue. Let's say the top two guys, i.e. 
Ben Ben Roethlisberger, i.e. Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky in some order, aren't good. Is he really willing to go with Mason Rudolph? You know, that's not in the plans. How does he redirect? How does he detour? Um, His plan, I'm sure, is great. And his plan is probably go with Trubisky and ride him out until, well, he's not good or until Kenny Pickett takes him over or just ride Trubisky out. But what if that plan doesn't work? And what if the second plan doesn't work? You know, that's where I wonder. I bet his plan is to hope like hell his initial plan works. Mike Tomlin is the guy who always says he doesn't live in his fears. But sometimes he does. Like fourth down against Cleveland in the playoffs whenever you punt like a baby back, you know what. I don't have a feel for what he's going to do here, Colin, when the season starts. If it's Mitch Trubisky and he has a couple of bad games, I don't know if he's going to have a quick hook. I don't know if he's going to hang in there for the long haul. I really don't. If it's Kenny Pickett, I would assume that because he's your rookie first-round pick, you would hang out with him, even if he did suck in the early going, if he won the job. But I'm not so sure about that either. Mike Tomlin is obsessed with winning the game that he's coaching. And I think that that can sometimes hurt Forrest through the trees. However... This is different because it's it's the quarterback and it's the franchise that you could be jagging around uh, for every single week. So I really don't have a feel for the way he's going to handle this. I don't think there's any way in hell Kenny Pickett starts week one. I just – I don't. Uh, and I, I don't. I think Mitch Trubisky was brought here to start. I think he's going to be the starter. I think he may be allowed to play his way out of being the starter. I think he may be able to play his way into being the long-term starter meaning for a couple of years, but I don't think Kenny, I just feel like we would know even before camp. Yeah. If Kenny Pickett was going to be, the plans were going to be for Kenny Pickett to be the number one guy. Just feel that way. The best thing that could happen for the Steelers this year is if Mitch Trubisky starts every game, throws like 34 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. The Steelers go 11 and six, make the playoffs, win a playoff game. And then for us, selfishly, we have the entire next offseason to talk about Trubisky v. Pickett. But for the Steelers, that's not bad because now you've got two options at quarterback. Maybe one of them becomes a tradable commodity. Am I right in saying that? Maybe, but you know how I look at that? If that happens and Kenny Pickett doesn't uh, – Kenny Pickett is a spectator for the full season, I'm left to wonder what they could have done with that first-round pick if it could have got them over the top somewhere else. If they could have drafted a lineman, if they could have drafted a cornerback, if they could have drafted, you know, another uh, a defensive lineman. Like, like if Kenny Pickett just sits there all year and they have relative success and they go to the playoffs or something, but they don't have great success, a guy like me is going to wonder, well, what the hell's the other quarterback they used the first-round pick on just standing there for? Could they have used someone else there? Could they have used a cornerback that would have helped them right away? I, I don't know. I don't know. It is – typical situation that other franchises and other fan bases have had to talk about all the time like every two three years part of it is that it's foreign to us because we don't know this for 18 years the other part of it is it's kind of tricky it really is i was challenged by andrew filipponi from the pm team on 93 7 the fan he called me a boob said he doesn't like me he said that the bloom is off the Crowley Rose. And, hey, those things all might be true. Maybe I'm a boob. Maybe I'm unlikable. And maybe the bloom is coming off my rose. And the reason he said it was because I've worn a Mitch Trubisky player tee. 
I was on earlier the Mitch Trubisky train, choo-choo. And when Kenny Pickett was drafted, even though I was a Malik Willis guy before, I did say, well, you know what? No one else in the league seemed to like Malik Willis. The Steelers have had a better look at Kenny Pickett than anybody else did. I can understand why they did this. It made sense to me. But you know what? I'm done. I'm back on the Trubisky train. Because the reality here is this guy has led a team to the playoffs two times. Kenny Pickett's played college football games. I think Mitch Trubisky with the right defense can take you back to the playoffs again. And I think if he starts the year as the starter, which we both agree that he will, I think he can lead them to the playoffs again. And maybe he can even win a playoff game. Because guess what? He's probably not going to be worse in the playoffs than number seven was for the last 10 years. Boob. I've never been off the Trubisky train. Like, there's no arguing with me about this. I, I just think that sometimes we get lost in the weeds and miss what's right in front of you. The guy wouldn't have been brought here, albeit the contract isn't worth a ton. He wouldn't have been brought here in his pedigree and who he was. And the other part of it, he wouldn't have chosen to come here if he wasn't looking at it like he was going to have the inside track at significant playing time, or at the very least, the first crack at significant playing time in the first opportunity. And I'm on the Trubisky train. I think he's going to be pretty good. And I said that in the last podcast. So. Uh, to sum up all of this, yes, I'm very excited for training camp. Do you think they should always have it at St. Vincent? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm big on it. I, I'm not for the reasons that the coaches love it because they get to keep all their dudes in the dorm or the hotel right, right. they're doing it this year and you get to keep a watchful eye. But I believe some traditions are just better than the alternative. And I think, let's say Cincinnati, let's say Cleveland, Berea. It's a sterile environment. It's it's practice. This is fun, family-oriented. The Steelers want to be looked at as family-oriented. Yeah, I dig it. I like it, too. And I think as long as there's somebody with a surname Rooney in charge, it'll be there. It'll be at St. Vincent. But, yeah, I do like it. Although, I wonder if you really asked the players what they would say. <laughs> like, if you really got the truth from them. If they feel like they're back at seventh grade camp. I think it wasn't there last year because they didn't want it to be there last year. Yeah, because it's not easy on them. I mean, you're away from your families for a month. More importantly, maybe to some of them, you're away from some of your other things for a month. Yeah. And Latrobe, for all its charm, is also, well, Latrobe. Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. I don't think I've ever told this story, and I got to tell it. You remember when Antonio Brown flew that helicopter to Latrobe? Well, he didn't fly it. He rode in it. So Antonio Brown had this arranged where he wanted to take a helicopter and he ended up making a grand entrance to Latrobe in this helicopter. And this was the height of non-self-aware Antonio Brown, who I've said before, the only person less self-aware is probably Paris Hilton and 35 <laughs> Kardashians. So anyway, he, he charters this helicopter, gets in touch with this helicopter person. And this was told to me by the people supplying security for this situation. So he says, meet me at, Pine Richland, it was either the middle school or the high school, and it's this time of year, so there's not a lot going on. Like, school's not in session. So he talks to the athletic director. He goes, I'm going to I'm gonna land a helicopter. Is that okay? And they're like, yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. Just make sure nobody's around. So the helicopter lands, and the police are there. So one of the person, people there to do security tells me they don't know, like, 
what Antonio Brown's doing. They think these people are just to see him off. The pilot lands and the things are still going. Going like this to all his people. He thought he was going to get like 28 people in this freaking helicopter to fly to Latrobe. <laughs> and it's sitting there in a football field at Pine Richland with the with the, the things going around. People are ducking underneath. And so he throws a fit. He goes, what do you mean? And the guy said, my man, I could get like six people in this. This is <laughs> You don't like the ground is undefeated when we hit it with this helicopter. Yeah, he's black locked down. Right. There's weight stuff. There's and plus the FAA. Like, I'm not making the rules, but we can't put 28 people. And Antonio Brown says, wait a minute. I got you. Well, who can I get in this? And so he wants little AB. He wants uh, what's the other kid's name? Couple other kids that he's got. I forget. Maybe Junior, 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 Junior. Yeah, well, no, but he does have one that's got an, an interesting name. He's got a daughter. He said, "I got to have my kids in there." Okay. So what he does, he tells the film crew that is there to videotape it. If you remember this, he says, "I'll take one film guy and then my kids. The other film guys, though, start driving to Latrobe." <laughs> So he goes, you got to go to Latrobe. Call me when you get there. And the pilot said, what the hell are we doing now? What are we doing? And he goes, they're going to call me. And he said, you know, Latrobe's like an hour away from Pine Richland. He goes, okay. So my man sat there. He shut the engine off and everything. AB waited there by the helicopter with the four, two of his kids, the one camera guy. The camera people made it to Latrobe. They called him. They said, AB, we're here. He goes. Okay, we can take off now. So it went from he thought he was getting all 28 of these people in this thing. <laughs> to then he had this brainstorm when he couldn't let him in. They need to go up there, but they need to be there for when he lands. My God. That's how I mean, that went down. That's on the list of the four or five most Antonio Brown things of all time. And it's as good of a story as there is. I still don't know if it cracks the top four because that guy's so self unaware. Oh, yeah. And the policemen who were there said they thought it was going to be, it went from quite literally being a 15 second security job, AB, jump in a helicopter <laughs> with your people, to an hour and a half security job. He's just standing there out in his field waiting for those people to call. Jesus. What a wild ass. And then, so that's how it came. Is that the best entrance ever, though? Or what? how about Vin, Vince Williams? Didn't he have like a, a Mack truck or something the one time? Vince Williams had one. I think Brett Kiesel came in on one of those big old tractors. Yeah. Like those John Deere tractors, which was pretty cool. I always like the guys who just come in, whatever, no big deal. But then when they get there, it's all. All right, well, I got my big screen TV and I got my PlayStation. I got this, that, the other. It's like, bro, you don't got room for that shit. <laughs> I always liked the guys who were who came in and made an entrance, not commensurate with their talent level. Like the guy that was. Well, Vince Williams is right there. I mean, that's there. very close. Right there. He is that guy. You I'll know what? There. I would argue that even AB's entrance was, was not commensurate with his talent level. The other part I always wondered, too, about A.B., St. Vincent is rather close to an airport. Did they get all, like, the FAA clearances and stuff to just land the helicopter right at St. Vincent? I don't know. But the fact that he thought he 
honestly, the guy counted. There were 28 people he thought he was getting in a helicopter. Like it was a pat bus and you could just jam in and move down a little bit and stand up and whatever. Crazy. When we return, Colin, on fourth yes. down in the Steel City, going to ask the question, what would happen if Ben Roethlisberger retired a year early? You have exactly two seconds to think of an answer. 